state-of-the-art sports podcast. Today we're going to be giving you a fast and furious edition of the MLB trade deadline. Matt, give us a recap on what's happened thus far. So, so far we've seen a couple big trades out there. Uh, starting off with the uh, Jose Quintana trade, we saw the White Sox trade Jose Quintana to the crosstown rivals Cubs for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Sessi and two other minor leaguers. And while um, if you guys follow us on Twitter, you saw we, we tweeted up tweeted out about this trade. Um, that there's no clear winner at the moment, but boy, do I like this trade for the White Sox. You're getting a, a prime top ten prospect in Eloy Jimenez, who has crazy power potential. The man could come to the majors in the next couple of years and slug 30, 40 homers and do that at a consistent basis. And uh, Dylan Sessi, who was the number two prospect for the for the Cubs, he's a nice arm. And man, those White Sox are really stocking up on those on top ten prospects, top hundred prospects. They're really they're really building for the future. There, you gotta like what's happening on the South Side. I certainly do, Matt. Um, tell me about this JD Martinez action. So we saw JD Martinez go ahead and get traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for. Uh, Lugo, uh, their number four prospect, uh, Sergio Alcantara, and Jose King. And um, they were said, I saw a report on Twitter that said the Indians were the runner-up in this J.D. Martinez deal. So the price was dr- driven up pretty hard for J.D. Martinez, who is only going to be a rental. But I like this trade for the Diamondbacks because they were like 28th or something in OPS on the right-handed side. And so J.D. Martinez is really going to give them that power, that OPS. I mean, you're going to put him in and right, you're just going to s- uh, slide over... David Peralta to left, and it really makes the the Diamondbacks a real contender for that NL wildcard spot. I think this is a quote-unquote steal for the Diamondbacks, okay? When you're getting a player, an all-star, an elite slugger like J.D. Martinez, a do-it-all kind of player, and you're giving up your number four prospect and scrubs? I mean, my gosh, you know, like, let's go back to the Mark Teixeira trade. You know, the Rangers were getting a player who could play now in Salta La Macchia and three top-of-the-line, top-of-the-entire MLB prospects. But you have to do look back there, and you do see that Mark Teixeira was controllable for a couple more years. I think it was I think they got a year and a half of Teixeira, maybe two. and But then they did t- trade Teixeira to the Angels afterwards because they got Casey Kochman and some other prospects. But that... But, when you're trading controllable players, you're definitely going to get more. But I do like this trade for the Diamondbacks. I think they could have given up less if the Indians weren't high in on Martinez. And then we saw another trade for a right-handed bat, and that's the uh, Yankees and White Sox trade. Where the, the White Sox made another huge trade. They traded Todd Frazier, David Robertson, and Tommy Conley for, for Rutherford, Clippard, Ian Clark, and Tito Polo. And this was more of a trade for the for the Yankees really blocking the Red Sox here. They didn't want the Red Sox to go get Todd Frazier. The Yankees said enough is enough. This is our division now. We're going to make this deal. We're going to get the bullpen arms. We're going to give up Blake Rutherford, who was their first-round pick last year, but he's blocked there in New York. He's blocked there with Judge and Frazier and Fowler. They got all their young outfielders. There was no room for Rutherford. He was going to get traded sooner or later, so why not in this deal? The Yankees certainly had to make a move, and they did here, and they're hurting the competition by doing so. So it's a double benefit for them, a win-win. Uh, tell us about this Doolittle trade. So we saw the Nationals and the Athletics make a trade where the Nationals were in dire need of relief pitching. And so they went out and got the two best relief pitchers 
uh, one of the, the two of the best relief pitchers on the market, Sean Doolittle and Ryan Matson, where they gave up Blake Trennan, um, Jesus Casdenda, and uh, Sheldon Noisy. And I, I like this trade for the Nats because when I say they were in dire need of uh, relief pitching, I mean they were in dire need of relief pitching. They were they were Rangers bad in the National League with relief pitching. It was easily one of the worst bullpens in baseball. Don't let the name confuse you, Doolittle. This trade is going to do a ton for the Nats. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you in general, Matt, about this trade deadline. Tell me um, about buyers and sellers. What are we going to see more of? What makes this trade deadline different? So a few weeks ago, I would have said we saw more sellers, but honestly now we're probably in the same boat, but there's a couple teams that are just because Houston is 16 and a half up, but that wild card, that second wild card spot is really opened up a lot in the MLB. You're going to see probably the Mariners are going to buy. Um, Kansas City might buy because of that that second wild card spot. You're gonna see AL East is gonna buy. The Boston's gonna buy. Tampa Bay is gonna buy. New York has already bought. They'll probably buy some more. The Twins will buy in the Central. There's a ton of teams who are gonna be out there buying. What about the National League? Who you got for buyers and sellers over there? You see, well, talking about the buyers and sellers, I completely disagree with the philosophy that we're seeing going on right now. Just because there's one wild card spot open doesn't mean you should be mortgaging the future for this one season just so you can get in the playoffs and get wiped out by the Dodgers easily. In my mind, there's you know virtually every team should be selling at this deadline because you're not going to get past the Dodgers or the Astros. I don't care how magnificent of a trade you make, it's not going to happen. So the only buyers I have for the deadline are obviously the Dodgers, the Astros, the Nats, who should continue uh, to improve their team, the Red Sox, and the Indians. Everyone else should be extremely cautious about what they do. There's a team like the Brewers, who are still playing out of their mind, who could, who could keep this central division, the NL, and just run away with it. But do you really think they're going to play this way for the rest of the year with all these young guys? Do you really want to trade all those prospects they've gotten back already? No. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Because they're, they're not going to be the Dodgers. We know that. They're probably not going to beat the Nationals with that rotation there. But I don't think I'm selling if I'm Milwaukee. Because making the playoffs, you never know when that's going to happen again. You look back a couple of years ago when the Nationals su shut down Strasburg. They had a real chance of winning the World Series, and they shut them down. And have they won a World Series since then? No, they haven't. And you don't know. Maybe if they don't shut down Strasburg, they might win the World Series. So, speaking of buyers and sellers... How about a team maligned in both with one toe in the water and one toe on land? How about the Rangers? What are they going to do? That is such a good question. You see reports out there that saying it's all how they're leading up, play, playing leading up to that deadline. It's not about the wins and losses, but how the team looks on the field. And lately, the last couple days, they've not looked too good. And there's reports out there today that if the Rangers too, do continue to look this bad, you Darvish will be shocked. Cole Hamill's likely to st stay. But let's say the Rangers turn up the next couple of days. They're probably buyers on this market trying to get a second wild card spot or a wild card spot. Go get a reliever for that, that putrid bullpen out there. But they are one toe in, one toe out. The Rangers are a dynamic scenario because they have the talent to be able to win a five-game series. It's essentially the same team as last year. They're just not winning those one-run ball games they were winning last year. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you have Hamels who... You know, that should be a win on paper. You have Darvish, who should be a win on paper. Um, 
you figure out what you're going to do with three with Perez or Griffin or whatever, but you have two aces. Those should be playoff wins, and the lineup just has to get hot. But this lineup is just so poorly put together because you don't have, like, guys who are designated hitters. You have, you know, like, Carlos Gomez and Rubnet Odor are, like, the same hitter. Like, they're going to do the same things. Um, the, the only hitter that's performing is Elvis Andrews. Everyone else is completely underperforming. You're, we know Beltre. Beltre always turns it on in the second half, so we can expect that in them if he if he remains a Ranger. I mean, that, there's there's probably 95 percent chance chance odds he remains a Ranger. But if I'm the Red Sox who are in dire need of a third baseman, why wouldn't Don Brosky go go ahead and call uh, JD about potentially one of the greatest third basemans of all time? Go go ahead and put him in Fenway again. I don't think you'll see that happening. Beltre is not going anywhere. You're insane, too. I, I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. You should but be ashamed of yourself for saying I'm that. not saying he's going anywhere, but if I'm the Red Sox and I need a third baseman, what better third baseman is there than Adrian Beltre? So, Jake, we're a few days out from the deadline. What are some of the names out there on the market? I think you're going to see an absolute bombshell drop in the next couple of days. Um, one that comes to mind immediately is Sonny Gray. You look at what Sonny Gray has done. Uh, he, he, he's a very young pitcher. Uh, he, he's, he still hasn't lived up to his full potential. So I'm looking for a Sonny Gray bombshell. He's very controllable, too. He's not a free agent until after the 2019 season. So you're getting multiple seasons out of a, of a guy that was once considered an ace. A name that is also maligned every single day in trade rumors, trade headlines, is... Giancarlo Stanton, and I don't understand why. This man is a powerful slugger. He is the most feared hitter in any lineup. And uh, and, and his teammate, uh, Christian Yellick, too. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Marlins because you got the whole team for sale. Is Jeter going to buy them? Is Jed Bush going to buy them? Who's going to buy them? Is Michael Jordan buying them now? You don't know who's going to buy them. And so you don't know if the new ownership would want to sell right off the bat if they buy them before the deadline. But there was a rumor out there of Stanton and all of his guaranteed money for, for the next, who however knows how many years, next 80 years or whatever he's getting, and Yelich going to the Phillies for some prospects because the Phillies have no money on their books for the next several years. And so they'd be getting two studs and absorbing all the money for some prospects. Talk about Yonder Alonso, too. Boy, has he really transformed his game. Uh, all of a sudden, he's this big-time slugger. Uh, for the first time in his career, he's... Uh, he's walking at an extremely high rate. For the rate. first time in his career, he, he, he's at double-digit home runs, and we're, we're only to the half of the season. I think he's got 20-21. He's, he's on pace to get to that 30-40 mark. But it does make sense for the Athletics to part ways with him, I think. Uh, yeah, the Athletics, they're not going to win the next couple years they need to get that talent I mean you, they do have the talent in their minors now but Alonzo's not going to be there when their window is ready to win so why not go get a couple couple young players for them who you could flip in a couple years if you are ready in that window now or they're going to be there and help you in that window so I, I may be reading too much into this but the Johnny Cueto situation is marvelous to me um, you know he's just been placed on the 10-day DL because he's got a couple blisters on his hand. And, uh, you know, well, as we all know with Johnny Cueto, he's a serious freaking pitcher, borderline ace. Um, what the, you, the only problem with Cueto is he does have that opt-out at the end of the year, where if you, you want to trade for Cueto, if he doesn't opt-out, 
but you don't want to trade for Cueto if he does opt out because that's a difference in prospects right there. You could be getting um, you could be getting a stud prospect if he if he agrees not to opt out, but if he agree if he wants to opt out at the end of the year, you're getting a, a tier two tier three prospect for him because nobody's trading that much for a rental unless he's you Darvish, another name on the block. Well, speaking of you Darvish. Um what about his battery mate, Jonathan Lucroy, who's going to be on the block as well? I think he's on the block anyway, even if the Rangers are sellers or buyers, because Trios has not played Lucroy this year. Com- completely agree. And with Brett Nicholas for two years straight killing it in AAA, uh, like a 300 average two years in a row, uh, defense slowly improving, uh, I think Chirinos and Nicholas could certainly handle the catching duties. But I want to go back to this Johnny Cueto blister on the hand situation. Uh, because there's another hand out there. Uh, it's the hand of God. It's it's the the lefty magician uh, known as Brad Hand. Boy, could he really bolster a pitching lineup. Brad Hand is one of the best bullpen guys out there. There's some, I mean, I'm reading something right now that says he's Andrew Miller Light. He's very controllable. He's very affordable. There's a team out there like the Rays well, that's perfect for. Brad Hand's going to bring back a pretty big package for the Padres who love prospects. Let me tell you about another lefty, uh, a, a, another tremendous lefty in Zach Britton. I think we could see a Zach Britton blockbuster. Uh, that would be huge. Zach Britton is probably a top five relief pitcher in this league. and He's going to go to a contender. I would look out for the Astros out there. For uh, Zach Britton, if you could, if you put another uh, another huge reliever with them, it's a, it's a five inning game with the Astros. You just need your starter to go five. Let's keep it going with the lefties here. Let's talk about Jaime Garcia. You know, what a wonderful number two, maybe probably number three pitcher. That's a dependable arm. Someone that's going to get that arm. That's going to get your team through August through September. And then if you if you get into the when you get into the playoffs. He could pitch out of the he could pitch out of the rotation for you. You could easily put him in the bullpen, put him in a in a in a bullpen role, a lefty specialist, or a guy that's gonna get you two innings, three innings out of the pen. So the point of this deadline is it, it, there's a, a weird uh, dynamic of buyers and sellers at this deadline, but it's absolutely loaded with talent, especially pitching. Um, a lot of times at, in historic deadlines, there's one to two names like like uh, uh, last year with Sale. Um, right. there, there's just one to two names on the block. This year, everybody could be traded. And I haven't even mentioned good old Addison Reed yet. Right. The um, I think the relievers this year, you talked about the relievers last year, the Chapman and Miller were sent out. The relievers this year are even better. I mean, you, there's more relievers, and they're pretty dang good. With Addison Reed, Addison Reed could go ahead and uh, he could be a closer for any of the contending teams. A perfect eighth inning man. You go ahead and send him to Los Angeles. Uh, Jansen and Addison Reed, a game over. So, Matt, I want you to give me a prediction for this deadline. So you were talking about your Sunny Gray bombshell. Now, let's find a location uh, for Sunny Gray. I think Sunny Gray is going to go ahead and be traded to the Cleveland Indians. I think the Indians will have a package around Tyler Naquin and a couple other prospects such as Greg Allen and, and Juan Hillman that will entice the athletics enough to trade Sunny Gray. That will give the Indians a top rotation in the American League if not the top rotation in baseball. Now, Jake, what is your prediction? Because I know you've been waiting to say this one. I have got a mega deal for you, pun intended. You, Darvish, he's going to be going to Burlington Coat Factory because he's going from the 100-degree summers to the 
freezing b below zero up north cold temperatures of New York because he's going to the Yankees and you can take that to the bank. This move, you to the Yanks, makes so much sense for both parties. One, the Rangers are going absolutely nowhere this season. Two, you Darvish is going to get paid two hundred million dollars at least next offseason. The Rangers certainly do not want to shell out that kind of cash. Three, the Yankees are a team embroiled with young talent. Their motto is young talent. But they need that player that is in his prime, ready to go now, uh, especially starting pitching. You uh, is the player that can take them to the next level elite status. It's also a great fit for the Rangers because the Yankees, even though they just made a trade with their farm system, still have a top five farm system in baseball, and the Rangers are going to be able to get some decent prospects in return for Darvish. Um, however, the Rangers aren't going to get what they think they're going to get because you know Darvish has this reputation of being an ace, of being uh, an elite pitcher, but his numbers, his statistics say otherwise. He just doesn't put up those lights out, kind of amazing, no-hitter, complete game shutout numbers as his reputations as he does. Um, also, you know, he's, he's an expiring contract. He's going to be viewed as a rental. Uh, it's a great fit for the Yankees, though, because the Yankees are going to view... So the Yankees are going to call this their summer free agent signing. They're not waiting to the winter for this one. Um, they're going to match any offer he receives um, in the offseason, and uh, it's going to be a great fit for both parties. That's where I think um, you're, you're very right there. Um, but they can't give up too much for Darvish because just nobody knows what Darvish is thinking. Darvish's mind could be set on L.A. this winter. Darvish's mind could be reset on re-signing with Texas even if they trade him. But, I mean, so the Yankees can't really give, give up a Gliber Torres because Darvish could be a rental, but uh, you could see a package centered around Jorge Mateo for the Yanks. Now, you have another prediction for us, and what is that? I'm talking about Mr. Overpaid himself, Jeff Samarja. Uh, Samarja, he's entering the uh, his mid-30s. Uh, he's, he's a quality number two, number three pitcher. He knows how to get batters out. He's a phenomenal strikeout pitcher. But I have Jeff Samarja going south, uh, south Houston, uh, with, with the Astros. Um, I think the kind of deal you would see in return for a player caliber of Jeff Samarja would be um, like like two prospects, maybe a Daz Cameron or a, a Brady Rogers from the Astros. Um, but what you're going to see is Samarja's owed an $18 million annual salary over the next four seasons, um, uh, about. And I, I think you're going to see the Dodgers paying at least 75 to 80% of that for certain. You mean the Giants? Yes. Well, the, I agree with that because the Giants will have to eat the money there to get the better prospects back. So I, I love your, your prediction there for Brady Rogers and Daz Cameron just because they're going to have to eat the money to get the better prospects back. So I see you over here. I, I see you chomping at the bit. you got one more blockbuster to share with us. This is going to go against the mold a little, but... I think the Pittsburgh Pirates will finally sell Andrew McCutcheon. Wow. And this one's going to shock a lot of people out there. I think the Tampa Bay Rays go and get him. My gosh. The, the Rays just had Rasmus walk away from baseball due to family or mental or, or what's going on with Colby Rasmus. We wish him the best. But they really need 
They really need an outfielder now. They really need they and McCutcheon would add veteran experience and playoff experience to that young lineup of Kiermaier Dickerson. Talk so, about that. Kier, talk about it a, a lot. Well, so the Rays are like the number one strikeout team in baseball. So what McCutcheon would do to thrust that lineup into upper tier status is tremendous. You know, because contact hitter. I mean, I think that trade would be beneficial to both sides because I think the Pirates, they're a great match for McCutcheon, but it's time to move on. Both parties are ready to move on. And the Rays are the Rays are right there in the wild card uh, race, and they're right there in the AL East race. I mean, why not go all in? We want to thank you for listening to this special MLB trade deadline edition of the State of the Art Sports Podcast. We have a special surprise coming up for you loyal listeners. It is about to get real. So on behalf of the State of the Art Sports Podcast, we will see you soon.